What's good, beautiful people, and welcome to Cornerstone Podcast, a community where vulnerability is not only embraced, we celebrate it. My name's Kristen, and I'm your host. Episode one, thank you for coming, is going to be the unmasking of my story and the basking in the glory. What glory are you basking in, Kristen? I can hear some of you asking that. Well, I'm glad you asked. The Most High, Jehovah Jireh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the main character in this story. I am not, and it took me a long time to realize that. So, let's start from the beginning. I grew up in a sports-playing household. I had soccer cleats on my feet from the time I was three years old, I think. So going to sports is something that was just a part of my life. And when I was younger, so was going to church. So we went to church every Sunday. I always remember going to church, but I was pretty young, so I don't really ever remember. I don't remember anything besides that. I remember what it looks like, and I don't remember anything else. But I do remember after church, the whole fam, we would go to Skyline. If you're from the Cincinnati area, you know Skyline. Sometimes my cousins and I would get to sit at the counter, which was a big deal because we got to sit away from our parents. And then on top of that, if we were good or if mom was feeling nice, whatever, we would get ice cream. And it was usually the one that was shaped like Dora with the gumball eyes. That was the one. Then my sports started getting more competitive. We started traveling on the weekends and we started missing church. I didn't have a name for it then, but I do now, thanks to Pastor Mark at Venice Church. We were Creasters. That means we went to church on Christmas and Easter. I believed in God, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I knew Christmas was his birthday because we sang happy birthday to baby Jesus That's the extent of my knowledge of who God was. As I got older, I was debating on where I wanted to go to high school. It was either go to the feeder public high school that I was supposed to, that all my classmates were going to, or go to the private high school where the girls on my club soccer team were going and that had one of the best soccer programs in the state. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. I would tell people, they would ask, why are you going there instead of the feeder school? And I would say, oh, I'm not being academically challenged enough at public school. Okay. I didn't love school that much. It was truthfully for the soccer. I started going to this private school. It was a religious school. So we went to church once a month and I took religion classes It never really sat right with me because every time we have church at school, people always have appointments. They're always leaving. Why do people seriously not want to sit through church this much? Who is this God that we're learning about in church? And I took religion classes for four years and then I was on my senior retreat and it was away at this convent with the senior class. It was only girls at my school. So all of us girls were there and there were no clocks. And we each got a little room with a 
single bed and a crucifix on the wall and a little closet. And I was like, what's going on? They would come and knock on the door in the morning, singing a worship song. I was like, where am I? Am I going to make it out of this? And so we were in chapel one day and we were journaling and I just felt something in my heart. I've never felt this before. And I'm, I wish I had the journal with me to read exactly what I wrote, but I wrote, I think God just told me to become Catholic. That day I went to my priest who was the priest at our school. He was with us on the retreat and I went to him and I said, I think God told me to be Catholic. And he was like, great, let's do it. And I was like, so what do I need to do? He said, well, you've been going to the religion classes all throughout high school, so you don't need to do CCD, so you're good. We can baptize you, first communion, confirmation, everything all in one mass, which usually that's like years apart in that religion. And I was like, okay. It was the last mass of the school year. I went up on stage and I got baptized, first communion, and confirmed. My family was there. It was cool, but I just didn't really feel any different. I went off to college. I went to mass every once in a while. And then I would go on Ash Wednesday. And I'd be like, yeah, this is just what we do. This is cool. This is what being Catholic means. I guess I know God now. Like I said, I played soccer all growing up. I tried all the sports, but soccer was where my heart was at. So in high school, I was dead set. I was going to play soccer in college. I was going to be the next Mia Hamm. I was going to be on the U.S. women's national team. It, sh- it was just, it was my plan. And then I had one knee blow out and I was like, it's fine. I'm strong. I'll come back. So I came back and I blew out the same knee again. And I was like, okay, my mental health is in the dirt. Physically, I was fine. I came back from the second one. I was playing. I was playing really well. I was just on fire, but my mental health was in the dumps. And there was a time where it was on my senior spring break. There were drinks flowing. My mom was there with us. We were in Destin, I think. And I don't really remember, but I think I mentioned something about suicide and I was in my mom's room the rest of the night and the next day. It's unfortunate that that came out when I had been drinking. I just didn't know my purpose anymore. And I was really lost. And I was like, what's the point of even being here then? If I'm not going to be Mia, the next Mia Ham, then I don't want to be anything. That's it for me. I was self-harming a bit. I always had my nails done, so they were really hard and kind of long. So I would dig them into my palms like really often and I was just sad I think you could see it in my eyes I don't know where my joy was I found joy in some things but overall I was just sad my identity out the window I went into college a NARP I wasn't supposed to be a non-athletic regular person. I wanted to be an athletic person. So I struggled for a while finding who I was. And in college, freshman year, I was living in the dorms. I didn't really find a 
group or a scene that I fit in with. I was alone most of the time. I was super sad. And I was working at this little, it was called the Wildcat Pantry. It was right outside my dorm. So I could walk there. I was a cashier. It was a little convenience store on campus. So I was working there making like $7.25 an hour and it just wasn't cutting it. It got so bad at one point. I texted my boyfriend at the time and I was like, hey, could you send me an e-gift card on Starbucks? I'm at the library and I'm super hungry, but I have no money in my bank account. So he sends me a little gift card and I can get a snack from Starbucks. But my ego was so big that I did not want to tell my parents I was struggling. I think, honestly, my parents watching this video right now or listening to this podcast, they might be finding a lot of this out. And so mom and dad, I love you. And I'm sorry I never shared this with you. But at the time, I didn't share it with anyone. It was, I was in a really bad place. But I'm willing to talk about it now. So please text me after you watch this. So anyway, when I turned 20, I was done making $7.25 an hour. I was like, I need, I want to make more money and I know there's a way to do it. When you turn 20 in Kentucky, you can bartend. So I walked into the most happening bar in Lexington, Kentucky called Two Keys. I filled out an application. I had a recommendation, which was awesome. And they hired me and I was like, cool. So I started bartending there. And it was new. Like, I was the new girl. I was scared out of my mind. Some of the people I worked with were so cool. And I was like, my gosh, I'm such a loser. I'm 20. I can't even drink with them when people buy us shots. Like, whatever. So I bought a little dab pen, a little weed pen thing. I started carrying that around. Like, it was my wallet. Like, anywhere I went, that was going with me. I was just high all the time and I compensated for not being able to drink and fit in with my coworkers that way for being high. Then it snowballs. I turned 21. I could then drink and they announced it at the DJ booth at the bar and I was on stage and I was like, Kristen's 21 now, so it's like, great, everyone in here knows. Like, a lot of people come here every single weekend, and I was working Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was racking in the money for a college student. People started buying me shots when I was working, and it just became so normal for me. I wasn't going out. I was working, so I was like, oh, that's fine. I'm working every weekend. I'm such a hardworking college student. But during that, I was also getting drunk, sometimes obliterated during my shifts to the point where I'm counting the money and I'm like, oh, I hope that's right when she counts my drawer or whatever. I was idolizing my social status. Like people knew me, the regulars knew, they would come in and be like, hey, Kristen, blah, blah, blah. I could go down the street to Ten Roof and their bartending staff knew the Two Keys bartending staff. I could walk into anywhere and recognize someone or someone would know who I was. Now thinking back, I'm like, Girl, snap out of it. I bartended at Tukey's up until COVID hit. And then the bar shut down or everything shut down. Once we opened things back up, I was 
getting unemployment checks, but I wanted to get back to work. So one of the bars on the block started selling food and that was a caveat for bars to open again. COVID was a really dark time for me. I was unhealthy emotionally, physically, mentally. And then I started bartending again and started drinking at my shifts and seeing those same people. That's where I found my identity. I was always in the bars. I stopped working at that bar. What year was that? It was probably 2021, I guess. And at that point, I'm in my senior year of college. I'm living with three other girls. So there's four of us in this house. I am just in the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the pit. I am going to class. I'm coming home, smoking, and then smoking some more. And then I'll wake up the next day. And if I don't have class till later, I'll hit something real quick in the morning. And then I'll smoke when I get home. And if I have work, I'll roll something before I go to work. So then I can come right home and smoke it after. And it was just this constant cycle. Everywhere I went, besides school and work, I was high. So people would know me as the pothead. So if someone had a dab pin on them and I saw them out, they were like, hey, you want to hit? Like, blah, blah, blah. I was just, I couldn't go anywhere without it. And when I was home, I was smoking. And I am so sorry to my roommates at the time because... It was horrible smelling in my house all the time. I became really dependent on it, I think, and it kept drawing me into this darker and darker place, and I didn't know who I was. I wasn't working in the bars anymore. I wasn't an athlete. Who is Kristen? Where do I find joy? Is it in smoking weed? Like, is that my identity now? I am the pothead. That's great. Mom's going to be really proud of that. There were two people in my life at this time, and they met me where I was and loved me, and I could talk to them about literally anything until any hour of the night. I found comfort in them. I felt loved by them. I felt seen. Um, I didn't feel any judgment. And I was like, what is it with these two? Why are they so nice? And then it sparked. They both know and love Jesus. And that's where my healing journey started. I started going to church and I started going to a non-denominational church. So it was much more welcoming to me. The music was upbeat. I could relate to what the pastor was saying and I could understand. It felt like meeting Jesus for dummies. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I'm engaged. I'm listening. I'm singing along. Church was going well. So then I got a Bible and I started reading the Bible and it's hard. When you open a Bible for the first time, there are so many chapters and people and places. Where do you even start? Do you start at the beginning? Is this in chronological order? I legit 
have not a clue where to even start. It's confusing as heck. Like, why are they talking in parables all the time? And I'm supposed to interpret this. Are you kidding me? And so it was really frustrating for me at the time. And I was honestly quite embarrassed to study the Bible with my friends who had been Christians for a while and were more literate in that sense. I would clam up. I can't do it. I was so embarrassed because I had no idea what they were saying. I wasn't understanding. And so I started watching on YouTube. There's this channel called The Bible Project. And so I would read chapters in the Bible and then I would go watch this YouTube series and it would explain and write out on the screen a synopsis and create connections between chapters. And so it was just starting to make more and more sense in my head. And as I was reading the Old Testament, this is crazy. I don't know what I'm reading. This is scary. This is dark. Is this the God that people were worshiping? This, he sounds pretty scary. And so I kept reading. And when I... I don't know what moment it was that it clicked in me. Wow. Reading this and attending the church and talking to people about God and learning about it has healed me from the inside. When I started putting God in my relationship with him above everything, things started falling. My desire to drink, my desire to smoke, my reliance on weed, my desire for self-pleasure. I was watching porn too. The devil just had me in his, in his grip in all aspects of my life. And all of those things started falling off when I put God first and the life came back into my eyes. My body was healthier When I was smoking, I had lost so much weight. I went from a size 10 pant to a size two. My cheeks were sunken, everything was sunken. So I started prioritizing my health again and my relationships with people were better. But that also meant that I lost some relationships with people. I had to step away from a scene where I once found my identity and that meant that I might have lost some people in my life. And it's not that I have anything against them or I judge them in any way. I was just tied to something so toxic in my life that things that were associated with that, that were not growing on the path with God that I was, I had to let go because that was hindering me. In 2022, I attended the Passion Conference in Atlanta. I went with my best friend and we drove down to Atlanta. It was a three, two or three day conference from 9am to till the evening. All these young adults, there was 60,000 people there. At this point, I had realized what God was doing in my life. He was truly saving me. And by going to this conference, I felt like I was on the up. I was going to deepen my connection with him. 
I was going to be surrounded by other people who were hungry for him and to get to know him. And honestly, it exceeded any expectation I could have had. When I, I have never felt the Holy Spirit like that in my life. Once I felt that feeling at passion and I was reflecting on my life, that time in high school when I was journaling and I said, I felt God tell me to be Catholic, I think I had it all wrong. I think that was the Holy Spirit coming into my life and calling me to Jesus and I didn't know how to listen. I was still going by my own plans and very influenced by my surroundings. And so after going to Passion, I was on fire. I had said yes to God. I dedicated my life to Him. I was going to follow Jesus. And I was, I was a disciple of Christ. And I truly believed that I am a daughter of Christ. And I am worthy And that's the first time that I felt that in a very, very long time. So when I came back from that, I was in the word a lot. I was doing really well. My mental health was good. And I thought I was cured. Like, that's it. I was on a high. I'm good. Thanks, God. I got it from here. Are you kidding me, Kristen? Okay, I was learning. Whatever. But that's not how it is. Yes, I dedicated my life to God, but it's an ongoing surrender, an everyday surrender, an effort to follow Jesus. It is, it takes no effort to be of this world. And I've found that, but it took a lot of effort for me to continually follow Jesus. And to this day, I struggle with that. And so, There would be times where I was struggling in my faith and I didn't understand why. I'm like, God, you just pulled me out of this dark pit and I was on the mountaintop and now I feel like I'm falling back down. Are you not here anymore? Like you did your job, you washed your hands and you're good. I don't understand. And those ebbs and flows, I realized that God never left me, but I stopped seeking him. My friend would ask me, when's the last time you read your Bible? Um couple weeks ago. Okay, start there. When's the last time you prayed and really got vulnerable with God? I don't really remember. Okay, start there. So it was having to learn that this was an ongoing process. And it took me a long time to realize that dedicating my life to Jesus didn't mean that my struggles went away. I had a savior who gives me grace and loves me and sees me through those struggles and provides for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't have them. The Bible says that we will have struggles. It's not going to be easy. And I still see that today in my life, and I will see that for the rest of my life. But I know that there is a God, my God, the God there, who has sent his son, died for my sins, and I have grace and a father who is going to welcome me back in with open arms. And to me, that's the most comforting feeling in the world, honestly. Now that I've deepened my faith, I make, this is controversial, I guess, 
I don't really know. I tried to look it up on Google. Can you get baptized twice? Blah, blah, blah. And some people are, no, once you did it, you did it. And then some people are like, it's okay if you want to rededicate. So I made the decision to get baptized again at the non-denominational church I was going to when I was in college. It had a whole different meaning for me. I truly felt the presence of God in that moment. And it wasn't just getting dunked in water anymore. The first time it was a little drop on my head, but this time it was a full submersion and I truly knew what it meant to be baptized and what Jesus did on the cross to allow me to be born again. Yes, I had been baptized before, but this time I meant it and I love the son of God who sacrificed his life for me and it gave me a whole new light the way I started treating people after I got to know God the thoughts that I had in my mind after I got to know God everything was just different there's a song called the blood and I think it describes me perfectly I can't remember the exact words, but it's something along the lines of, I'm not the same as I was before I met you. I don't talk the same. I don't act the same. And it's because of the blood. I sang that at a worship night the other night. I have been listening to it every single day because it's a perfect description of what God did in my life and where he pulled me out of. And how he truly changed me from the inside out. So now that I have worked on everything inside and I can love myself and I love the Father, I started to love other people. I forgave everyone who had ever hurt me. I loved people who hurt me. I didn't judge people for doing this or that. I wasn't pointing out the specks in other people's eyes when I had a log in my own because we all, we've all done that before, but I was way more conscious of it. And I just truly started to feel I was living my life for Jesus. And to this day, I'm doing that. And that led me to this podcast. It was my first year of grad school. The word cornerstone came into my mind And I was like, all right, what does that even mean? Jesus is the chief cornerstone of our lives. Uh, Cornerstone is the first brick of the foundation to where everything else will be built. I don't know what to do with that still. I was praying about it and I wasn't hearing anything. And I even reached out to someone at the church I was going to and I was like, Hey, I have this business idea to bring people to God. And he was like, what's the business? And I was like, I'm just going to bring people to God. And it's called Cornerstone. And he was like, well, how are you going to do that? Honestly, I have no idea. And I was, I felt so passionately about it though. God gave me this thing called Cornerstone. Why is nothing 
what does he mean? What is it? I can't figure it out. I'm going to be graduating next year and I want to have this thing lined up. I was putting a lot of pressure on it and then I just kind of forgot about it. He's not giving me the answer, so I'm done trying. And so I graduated from grad school and I moved to Los Angeles to work for an organization out here. Talk about a test of faith. Moving across the country by yourself when you know no one. And then on top of that, I was like, God, you want me to move to Los Angeles. Are there Christians there? I was praying and fasting over this. God, what is Cornerstone? Why do you keep putting this in my head? And then one day I heard podcast. No way. No way. I share about... 1% of my life on the internet, and now you want me to get on there and talk and talk and talk and talk about you? Are you kidding? Ooh, all right, let's do it. What's this podcast about? Like I said in the intro, the sharing of my story and where I was and where God brought me out of deepen my connection with people and that's what God told me to make this podcast about. Oh my gosh, it was so crazy. So after I had figured out that it was a podcast talking about testimonies, there were like two or three weeks in a row, some at church, the sermon was about how Testimonies are a very powerful tool to introduce the love of Jesus to people. I was like, all right, heard you. And then in my small group, we talked about our testimonies and how powerful they are and this and that. And I was like, heard you again. And then something happened again. I was like, I got you, dude. I'm going to do it. It's happening. I'm working on it. And so now we're here with Cornerstone Podcast, and there's been a lot of love and a lot of prayer that has got into this. I didn't want to make any move in this podcast without consulting God first. I wanted this to be His will, and I wanted it to truly embody His love and We're going to do that through vulnerability. So stay tuned for more episodes where I bring on special guests to share their testimony. It'll be from people of all walks of life. And I really think that this is going to be a powerful tool to introduce Jesus to people. Love you, beautiful people.